Uh, get your Bibles tonight and go to, uh, oh goodness, we'll just go anywhere. It's all good, ain't it? Uh, I'm going to be in Hebrews 11, though. How about that? Hebrews 11. And uh, in a little bit, we'll get there. Hebrews chapter 11. One verse, really, that uh, I want to give you out of that text. We'll be there uh, shortly. Uh, I want to build up to that. And uh, I want to uh, continue tonight. It's been a long time. Um, this time of year with all the holidays and then the, uh, the travels um, that we've had, the 14 days in Albania and uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, it, it's, hard to, uh, it's hard to uh, carry on or continue on in, in this series. Lord willing, after the first of the year, we'll pick back up uh, full blast. Uh, but tonight I, I want to take advantage of this is the last uh, Sunday school of the year and I want to take advantage tonight of that and uh, I want to uh, I want to at least uh, go a little further in the thought um, uh, of the home builders class I think the last time we uh, we met I believe uh, we uh, we covered um, uh, or started the uh, framing stage of home building. The uh, first stage, the preliminary workings, and then the foundation stage, um, and then the, uh, the framing stage. One, one thing that I was reminded of when we uh, Albania last uh, week or the last couple of weeks uh, <clears throat> is, is a lot of their homes... Of course, there's, uh, wood is a scarce commodity there, and so everything's made out of concrete uh, and tile. Um, and, and you can tile a floor there for, for nearly nothing because they, it's just what they have. Um, and so they, they, they'd take rebar, and they would frame up the foundation, and they would, they would pour that concrete around that rebar, and they'd do three or four stories like that. Uh, that was the foundation of the house, and the uh, the um, the goal was is to come back in later and and do sometimes the whole house at the same time, sometimes one floor at a time. Maybe they did a three-story house, they rebar and concrete, and then they would they would finish in concrete the walls uh, of the first floor, put in windows, and and then when they got done with that, they'd save up a little bit more money and then do the second floor and use that as a family uh, for more family to move into. Or um, in, in some of the touristy areas, they'd use that as a, uh, a, a rental home. They'd rent it out uh, for income. Uh, and so a lot of places you'll go, you'll see, uh, you'll see the foundation uh, of a home uh, with nothing built. I, I remember when we, uh, we ferried, we flew into Athens, Greece, the first time I went in 08. We ferried from, uh, or we flew from Athens to Corfu. We got on a ferry boat early that morning and, and ferried over into Albania. And we came into the, the coast there, and you could see, and it's just buildings everywhere. I thought, wow, this is, a, I mean, this is uh, just a huge city, buildings everywhere. And when we got closer and closer and closer, I realized that most of these buildings were nothing more than the foundation. It was the brick and mortar. It was the concrete walls. But there was no residence there. There was no ability to live there because it wasn't complete. And here's what, here's what it reminded me of. Uh, God 
saves sinners. Isn't that wonderful? I'm one of them. God saved me and God saved you and, 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 and we have a foundation that is laid. That is Christ Jesus. We have a foundation. Uh, but then Paul told, or Peter told, uh, uh, told uh, his listeners, his readers, uh, in, in, was it First Peter? He said, add to your faith. See, faith is the foundation. But he said, add to your faith. Uh, these virtues, was it patience and whatever all of them were, he said, I want you to add. And what, what that is is, okay, you have a foundation. Now it's time to add to that and make that uh, a, a life that is pleasing to the Lord. I, I prayed with Kenny this morning and I said, uh, um, uh, I said, I said, are you saved? I asked him and he said, I, I got saved. He said, where he got saved and when and not too long ago. And I said, uh, man, that's wonderful. And I said, then, then what do you need? Well, you, you've come down here to pray, and let's pray. And he said, well, I don't know. I said, well, I'll tell you what, what you need. I said, and I, I told you this this morning, but I'll tell you again tonight. Um, it, it's like being born. You only need to be born one time. Uh, after you've been born, you'll spend the rest of your life learning how to live. And salvation is the same. You've only got to be born again one time, and then you'll spend the rest of your Christian life learning how to be like Christ. And uh, this, this, this goal of this is that you may be a Christian. Uh, God has saved you. I hope everyone in here is and trust everyone in here is, and if not, you can be, and you can be tonight. Uh, but you may be a Christian. You may be saved, but that doesn't mean that you're living in a, in a, in a, in a Christian home. That doesn't mean that your home is, is, is in order with the Word of God. That's why we have this class. I, I want my home. And every time I teach this and study this, the Lord challenges me as a, as a husband, as a father, as a preacher, as a, as a pastor. The Lord challenges me. I want my home to be what God has ordained it to be. And I want your home. Uh, to be that. I, I won't, if, if, if I leave this world, I, let's say God lets me pastor here another 30 years. I'd be uh, 48, 58, I'd be 68 years old in 30 years. Uh, if God lets me pastor here another 30 years, that'd put me right at 45 years of pastoring here. That's a long time. He may not let me, or he may let me stay here longer, or he may come back tomorrow. Wouldn't that be a blessing? But if the Lord lets me pastor here another 30 years, I want, I want of all the things that I want, and there's lots of things that's in my heart, I want there to be families in this community that their entire home and life was changed because of the truth of the Word of God that was taught at Crossroads Baptist Church. And, and generation after generation after generation, a lot of you are first-generation Christians, not all, but a lot. Uh, but if the Lord tears is coming, He lets us keep doing what we're doing. Uh, you, you, you may be the great-grandparents of folks that are running this place one day. You may be the grandparents of folks that are deacons and Sunday school teachers. And, and I, 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 want, I want God to build our homes uh, in such a way. And so we, we started looking at the framing stage, the, found, the first stages, the foundation stage, and then the framing stage. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll just deal with, uh, I'll, I'll remind you of two things uh, and, then, and then teach one thing tonight that I, I think really is, uh, is vitally important. I, I hope you'll get this. Uh, I know we have a lot of folks out sick. I know 
uh, that, that's going around, and a lot of folks are. Um, and, and so I, I walked over here tonight, and I said, Lord, looks like a lot of folks are out. If you don't want me to... And, and then the Lord quickly reminded me that he knows who's here tonight. And, and, and see, the way I view this is, Lord, this is good stuff. I want as many people to hear it, not because I come up with it, but because uh, I didn't come up with it. There's nothing new under the sun. The Lord came up with Bible truth. Uh, uh, but because I want many people to get it, but the Lord knew. The Lord knows. The Lord knows you need it, and I need it tonight. And so I want us, I want us to get this. I, I think it's probably uh, where we live as much as anything that I've taught. Uh, I, I want to talk to you about the, the framing stage of home building, and, and I'm interested in, uh, in walls. Uh, I, let, me, let, me, let me go back and, and read some of the things that I've uh, that I've given you uh, the last time we were here. Uh, Isaiah 32 and verse number 18, here's, here's a verse. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Proverbs 25, 28, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. In Isaiah, we realize that God's desire for his people his design for their life is that they live in peaceful homes and in sure places of protection and in quiet resting places. And this does not exist without walls. Uh, you, you, you have a house and your house, what gives it its protection, what gives it its peace, what gives it its safety is that it is enclosed with walls and you can go down you can go to home tonight lay your head down on the pillow and go to bed and and know that the wolves aren't coming in and the bears and the lions and not that we have all of those but if we did they're not coming in and the robbers aren't coming in because you have walls that keep all of that out uh it it guards us from the weather it guards us from the rain from the snow uh, and and that, that is what makes our house, our home, peaceful, sure places of protection and quiet resting places. Proverbs 25, 28 reminds us that as dangerous and disastrous as an out-of-control man can be, that is a man without walls, so is a city without walls. Walls are necessary in our world everywhere we turn. We see walls in creation. God divided the day from the night. That's a wall. We know that, that, that there's a division there. It, the day and the night are two separate things. They are divided by an invisible wall uh, that God set there so that you know when it's day and you know when it's night. God divided the heaven and the earth. Somewhere between earth and heaven there's a wall. And uh, there's a door. Uh, John was called up and the door was open to heaven. Revelation chapter uh, chapter number 4, verse number 1. Uh, there's a wall dividing uh, heaven and earth. Uh, water and land. The water can only go so far. Uh, and there's a wall of division. Countries have walls, have borders, have boundaries. Uh, businesses, places of business and workplaces have walls. Houses have walls. Everywhere you turn in life, there's a wall. There's a border. There's a barrier. And they are there to control the chaos. Uh, it would be hard to have church in here tonight with the weather like it is outside if it were not for these walls. And everything that's going on, the cold, the damp, the rainy, all of that is forgotten about because we're within these walls and within these walls we have protection. 
why is it? And here's my thought. Why is it that the one place where walls are desperately needed, the Christian home, is the one place that you can rarely find a wall anymore in this world? You ask everybody in town, are you a Christian? And 95% of them are going to tell you yes. And yet we live our life like there is no hell, like there is no devil, like there is no enemy, like there is no trouble, and we live, our, our, our houses have walls, our businesses have walls, our churches have walls, and our homes have zero walls. People are left to do what they want to do. Uh, kids can stay up all hours of the night. There's no rules, there's no laws. They can do whatever they want, whenever they want. Husbands have no rules or laws. Wives have no rules or laws. All of those things are, 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 are walls, rather. All of those things are put there to keep you in order, to keep your life safe uh, and, and from harm. Husbands need walls, wives need walls, children need walls. If we're going to build a home, walls are a must. Without them, you, you may be building a lot of things, but you're not building a home. I, I'll skip over some of the things that I gave you last time, uh, but, but, but let's look at three areas uh, of walls, or three kind of walls uh, tonight uh, that we see represented in our homes. Number one, there are those, and I've already given you this, so we'll give it quickly. There are those that I would describe as mandatory walls. Uh, mandatory walls. Uh, in, 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 this, uh, in this building, uh, in 2015, we, we busted out that, that wall back there. The, the pulpit used to sit uh, about right here. These pews were, these front row pews were added. Um, the pulpit sat about right here. The, the, uh, the, uh, the altar came up about right here somewhere. Uh, we busted out those back walls and moved the platform back, moved the baptistry back, put the hall wall instead of coming through the center uh, back there and moved everything back several feet. Uh, and the reason why we were able to do that is because these walls that were inside were not load-bearing walls. Uh, we, 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 we left up all of the perimeter walls, and we just took down the inside walls and relocated, re- removed, re- reorganized, and built new walls. Uh, and we were able to do that uh, without changing the structure of the building uh, because those were not load-bearing walls. Uh, but those walls on the outside are carrying the weight of this building. And you, 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 you can't just knock those walls down without the whole thing coming down. Uh, there are walls in your Christian home that are mandatory. If you're going to, you may have a house, you may have a family. But if you're going to have a Christian home, there are some things that God has said that you're not going to have a Christian home without. They are mandatory walls. They are load-bearing, perimeter walls. Uh, Without these walls, the house doesn't exist. The roof doesn't uh, have anything to rest on. Mandatory walls that must be. The same with the Christian home. Some walls are mandatory. Uh, And I'll I'll read them to you again. Um, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. This is not popular Stuff, But here's what Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 25 says. Husbands, love your wives, 
even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, God didn't ask a question. God did not make a suggestion. God did not uh, inquire how you felt about it. He said, if you're going to live a life that is pleasing to me, if you're going to have a home that is honoring to Christ, then I need the man that is in that home, that is the husband, that is the head of that home. I need him to love his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And I could go into detail, and I won't because I already have tonight, but that is a hard task because I'm still not sure I understand how much God loves me. And I'd say I'll spend the rest of my life trying to figure out how much He loves me so I can figure out how much I need to love her and how. And He loved you in spite of you. He loved you in spite of how you acted, in spite of how you treated him. And I'm glad, and I'd say that most of you are, if not all of you are as well, that are married, that you have a wife that loves you and respects you and treats you right and makes that job easy on you. But if, in fact, you don't, and it's not easy, God never said if it's easy, if it feels right, if you like it, if it's a good time, but he said, uh, husbands love your wife. That is a mandatory wall. You can't build a Christian home without that. You just can't do it. It, it won't exist. You may have a house. It won't last long. You can't build a Christian home without, without, without those walls. They are mandatory. Uh, here's another mandatory wall. Ephesians 6, verse number 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh, Mom and dad, uh, the children are in Sunday school, so we won't, we won't preach to them tonight. But mom and dad, that is a, that is a wall uh, that, that must be if I'm going to have a Christian home. Not only as a father must I love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, but I've got to teach my children at an early age to obey me, and that's a lot of work. But if I don't get them to understand that, if I don't teach them that, then I am not building a Christian home that is functional because there are walls that are not represented in that home. Does that make any sense at all? I mean, I, I, it's hard. And it's only going to get harder. And there's some of you behind me, and there's some of you ahead of me, and there's some of you way ahead of me, and there's some of you way behind me. Uh, but I'm telling you, what I know about it is that I don't know much about it. And what I know about it is that what I do know about it is hard work. But that's a wall that must be. Uh, here's your wall that must be. This is really unpopular in our day because of political correctness. Uh, I say fully on political correctness. I like biblical correctness. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Ephesians 5.22 well, that just don't sit well with me. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to. I just don't know how I feel about that. That's all right. You don't have to. Uh, but you're not going to have a Christian home that pleases the Lord until you get that right. I'm just telling you. You're not. And, 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 and 
You can think whatever you want about it. You can feel whatever you want about it. You can say whatever you want about it. God didn't ask any questions. But I, and, and I could go through the whole Bible. We can find verses for husbands and wives and children and sons and daughters and friends. And, and, and he that hath friends must show himself friendly. Uh, uh, we, we can find verse after verse after verse of things that if you're going to have this, this must be in your Life. There's some things that are mandatory, and you can't, you can't, you can't argue. You can't build uh, without it. Um, who was on the? Was anybody in here? Brother Trip was was with us. I think he was the only one that went on the last trip, the trip in August, Albania. Uh, you remember when we rode that incline straight up the mountain? And, 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 and in America, if, if there's a guideline that says no more than four persons on this, um, whatever it is, then the people who are operating it are strict about that. You know, uh, we have rules, and sometimes we get mad about those rules. In Albania, they're just mere suggestions. And so there was uh, me, you, uh, Levi, Tyler, Seth, Aaron, and his two, but there was, there was eight of us on a four-person incline rail going up the mountain. Well, uh, and it, it, it's, it's suspended. It's got an arm that comes out, and, it, and that arm holds on to the, to the cable. It's a cable car. And when I say straight up the mountain, I'm talking about like this, straight up the mountain. Uh, and it, the, the thing wraps around, and it's got an arm about as big as my arm, uh, made out of metal, and then it comes down and it catches that cable car, and and so we we get to the to the cable car, and and they're pushing us on there. We're like, no, 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 we'll split up. And it's like, no, it's okay, it's okay. You all get on there. It's like, no, no, it's we'll wait for the next one. Let's put four on this one, four on the other one. No, 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 everybody. And he made us get all of us on there, and then we look, and the the weight limit was we were like a thousand pounds over it. And he said, it's okay, we do it all the time. And so we rode up, and, and literally all of us, the floor's glass, you can see underneath you, and we're way up there. And, and, and every time we'd hit one of those connectors, it would shake the whole thing, and it would drop a little bit, and we just knew it was going to break. And uh, we were heading back down the mountain quickly. Uh, and, and so we finally got to the top. And we got off and saw the view, and I said, I will fight the next Albanian who tries to put all of us on here. We're not getting all on here, four and four. And Brother Tripp agreed with me. He had his boxing fists up. He's ready to fight. And so we, we, we just did what we wanted to do. And we, uh, but, but I found out later, uh, I was telling Brother David Phillips about that, and Brother David Phillips was telling us about the time that he rode up the, the car. And uh, they, they were pushing them all in there, and this little Albanian fellow was coming to get on his, and he said he's scared of heights, and he said, no, you can't get on here, and he said, oh, it's okay, he said, no, you can't get on here, and he shut the door and wouldn't let the little Albanian fellow on there, and they get all the way to the top, and when he gets to the top, uh, they are, the, the little fellow comes up behind him and says, uh, he said, I'm sorry I wouldn't let you on, but it just... He said, no, it's, it's okay. He said, it was all right. He said, I, I made it. I'm the engineer. And he said, I know what it's capable of. I'm the engineer. I know what it can, I know what it can 
take. Uh, and, and I thought about, uh, I thought about that. Uh, there he was telling the man who made it, telling the man who, who, who engineered it, this won't work. And that's kind of like how we are with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I know what that is, but I can't have that in my life. Why can't you have that in your life? Lord, I know what this verse says, but I can't do that. And there's some things that are just mandatory. If you're going to have a Christian home, there are mandatory walls. And then the second thing, there are walls that are mandatory, but then there are walls that are preference. Um... Not everything that you're against is bad. I'm going to run that one by you again. Just because your holiness is against it does not mean that it's bad. Well, I'll tell you, I wouldn't never. Okay, then don't. But you, you don't get to pick out where everybody's walls are in their house. I mean, if you can go to Bible and verse, and there's some things that are mandatory. Uh... And there's some things that are preference. And it is up to that home to get with God and find out what God thinks about it. Uh, not everything you're for is right. Not everything you're against is wrong. In these areas, listen to good advice. Talk to people who have what you want. Find Bible principles that are closely related. Uh, some things are, <clears throat> are preference. Um, I, I love Romans 14. In verse 22, um, it was, uh, it was a, a highlight of my life when I realized this Bible verse was in the Bible. And, and many of you probably don't know it exists, but it does. Romans 14, 22, Happy is he that condemneth himself, or that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. God said, there's some things that I'll just give you the choice and you can, you, can, you can have this the way you want it. You can have this rule or not. You can have this wall or not. You can have this conviction or not. There's some things that are mandatory, but there's some things that are preference. And, and, and as you build a, a Christian home, there's some things that God has laid the blueprint out and said, this must be. But there's other things that you get to go talk to God about and say, God, you never said in your word what you think about this but I'm coming to you because I need wisdom because I want to be right in the matter. And whatever God tells you, do that. And whatever God teaches you, do that and be pliable. And it might change. God may allow things in your life for five years, that five, the next five years, He says, you know, I don't want you to do that no more. Right? Has God ever talked to you about stuff that He didn't talk to you about before? That don't mean that it was sin before. Now there's some areas of, uh, where it was sin and, and, and it took maturity for you to realize it was sin. But that don't mean that everything that you don't do is wrong. There's some stuff that I don't do that I'm persuaded that it's alright for others to do. I just don't feel in my spirit like I should. And I'm alright with that. And I'll be honest with you, there's things that I do and I wouldn't let half of y'all know because y'all condemn me for it. But I don't feel like it's wrong in my spirit. And I'm not trying to be grievous to anybody. I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody. I'm just trying to live my life to please the Lord the best way that I know how. 
And God will give you liberty. He'll give you leeway uh, to do those things. Um, Some things are preference. But here's what I want to get to tonight. Here's the fun. Here's, here's, where, here's where it's going to get rough on us. Y'all ready? Y'all all right? Are y'all good? All right. There are walls that are mandatory. There are walls that are preference. But there are walls that are harmful. Harmful. I thought, as I've studied on this and meditated over this and prayed over this, the Lord spoke to my heart about some walls that are harmful. Um, and I, I thought about several of them. I, I wrote them down, and I'm going to give them to you. And, and we're relating this to our house. So in my home, where I, where I live, uh, I, I remember when my wife and I first got married, we lived in North Augusta. We actually lived in Belvedere, right outside of North Augusta. And we rented a double-wide trailer, and it was... Uh, it was a five-bedroom, three-bathroom, double-wide trailer. I had more house than I had stuff. It had two living rooms. I don't know why. It had two living rooms. You'd come in the front, and there was a living room, and then you'd go to the left, and there was a kitchen and a dining room and another living room. I mean, it was a, it was a, a mansion of double-wides. Uh, I had, I had uh, so little stuff. I had one room with a bicycle and a chainsaw. That was what occupied that one bedroom, a bicycle and a chainsaw. And my daddy bought me a push mower for Christmas, and I moved it in next to the chainsaw. I didn't have a building to put it out. I had all this space in this house, a bicycle, a, a chainsaw, and a, and a push mower uh, in that one room. We had two living rooms. We didn't even have a couch. And the Lord gave us a couch, and then we got another couch, and we had two couches for our two living rooms and our, our double wide. I, had, I mean, it was just huge. Uh, we, we moved from there uh, into a little subdivision called the Ridge, and we moved into a little brick house, and I mean, you'd run into each other uh, trying to pass in the hallway. I mean, you're just always on top of each other. Uh, you, you walked into the front door, into the living room, took three steps, and you was in the kitchen uh, and, and the dining room, and it was just, I mean, compact. You could take that whole little brick house and put it in the living room of that double wide. And we had to take everything we'd accumulated for that double wide and put it in that, in that little brick house. And it felt constantly like the walls were closing in. But it was just me and her. It didn't matter. And then we had Levi. Uh, and, and then we got a dog. Uh, I, I've had one dog living in the house with me. If you do, again, some walls are preference. It just ain't my preference. We had one dog. We had an English bulldog. And he lived in the, in the house with us for about six months. And that was... That was all I could handle of, of the living with the dog. And the dog went back outside in the, in the backyard, and that was the last time I ever had one in. Every now and then, one of our sneaks in now, uh, and we'll pet it on the head for just a minute, and it knows it's got to go on back out. Uh, we, we, we had... Uh, we, we, had, we had walls. We, we moved in our house where Seth and Cherith live now. And they had, they had all of these, these walls dividing every room. And every room was just a little box. When we got to looking for a house, one of the big things that we wanted, I, I was tired of them. I, I like that mansion double wide layout. And I was tired of that boxy feeling. 
And so we were looking, and I said, I want an open floor plan. I don't want walls everywhere. I, want, I just want you to be able to walk around and, and breathe in the open air. And uh, lo and behold, the Lord let us find this house. There's windows all around it, and the light's always coming in. Sometimes it blinds you in the evening, and, and, and there's just no walls separating the kitchen and the dining room and the living room. It's just big open floor plan, and I love that. Uh, I love that, that openness. But I'm going to talk to you about some walls that are harmful, and it don't matter whether your house is small or large or your house has lots of walls or just a handful of walls. I'm talking about walls that you make. What about walls of distrust? Walls of distrust. Um, in marriage with children people you live with and they know you but they don't really know you any more than you let them know you because the last people that you let know you broke your heart and now you don't trust people and you have built walls and you live in a house with people and you've got walls that you have put up of distrust that need to come down or you're never going to have a Christian home. Does that make sense? Um, either the people inside your home have done something, maybe before you got saved, or maybe since you were saved in their immature they did something, they said something, they, they allowed something that uh, in, in your marriage or in your life that was harmful and hurtful, and because of it you build a wall, and maybe they know it's there, maybe they don't know it's there, but you have built a wall and you don't trust them. Or maybe it was somebody that doesn't live in your house anymore, but somebody that you grew up, maybe a father or a mother forsook, or maybe a problem arose, or maybe someone in your past or something in your past. And because of that, you are living with people that you don't completely trust, and you've never given them the opportunity to completely trust you. And that is not, I don't care what you want to call it, it is not a Christian home that is pleasing unto God. Are you hearing me tonight? Walls of distrust based on those that, things that others have done to you and that you've seen others do. And, and uh, I had a man one time, he told me, he said, I just... I, I, I feel like um, I, I, I'm always scared that my wife is going to leave me because I've been left before. And so I don't fully trust her. Um, I want you to hear me out. How sad is that? And I, I get stuff happens. But how sad is that that this woman is not getting all of you because something that somebody she don't even know did 20 years ago. Are y'all hearing me? It's quiet in here now. I may have, I may have, we may have got in the middle of it. Uh, your child did something 10 years ago that devastated you and you've never trusted. And I understand you can't trust everything anybody says. I understand that all of that, but I'm talking about a Christian home. There's got to be some, there's got to be some, some walls that don't exist. 
and, 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 and a lot of times we, 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 we major on the perimeter walls. We've got all of this in order. We've, we've got this wall right and we've got this figured out. We've got this wall right and we've got this figured out. We've got this wall right and we've got everything laid out the way we want it. We've got our mandatory walls right. We've got our preferential walls right. And we're not even realizing them boxes that we're building around us and not letting people in. And literally what they become is prison. And, and, and sometimes because of something somebody in your home did five years ago, you've made them live in prison. And they can't get out of it because you built a wall around them. And you either built one around you or you built one around them and you're in prison or they're in prison or both are in prison. And, and, and if you're going to have a Christian home, and that's where we're going to get to Hebrews 11 in just a minute. If you're going to have a Christian home, you're going to have to allow God to break down some walls that don't need to be there. Are y'all still hearing me tonight? Um, walls of distrust. What, what about walls of distance? Um, you, you ever heard somebody say something like this? Well, my husband just won't let me in. He just, I, I just he's, hard, he's a hard nut to crack. Or maybe a husband say about his wife, you know, she just, uh, she just don't show emotions. She just, I don't know what she's thinking. I don't know what she's, I don't know what she's feeling. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Do you know what, do you know what's being said? Is my husband or my wife has, has built some walls and I, I can't break through to find out who they really are. How many kids throughout the years have come to me and my wife and, and talked to us and, and I said, well, why don't you tell your father this? Why don't you tell your mother this? And so oh, I couldn't do that. Ah, oh, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't listen to that. Oh, I've, I've run into that so many times throughout the years. You know what they're saying is my daddy lives in the house with us within the four walls of us, but he's built some walls and he won't let us in. Or my mother, she, she lives in that house, and we're all confined in those four walls, but walls around her that won't let anybody. My dad can't get in. My, my siblings can't get in. I can't get in. Walls of distance. Um, time. You've been married a long time. That is, and, and, and my, how long have we been married? 17 years. 18 in January, just about 18 years. Uh, I, I think we're getting up there in the, in the time frame where people say, wow, you've been married a long time. I remember when my aunt and uncle celebrated their, their 25th wedding anniversary. What do they call that? Is that the silver? Yeah. Silver. Seven years, baby, me and you, we're getting silver. You probably ought to get some silver then. I don't know if I've bought you much of that since we've been married. You don't buy silver on pastor salary. Uh, I, I mean, it's been time. I, I, uh, I talked to a preacher friend of mine a couple weeks ago, and he was telling me about a, a, a friend of his. And he said, this man is a good man. He said, he's golden, and so is his wife. He said, they, they, they're just salt of the earth. They love their family, and he said they really love their kids. And he said, uh, he said, and they're going through a divorce. 
He said, one day he'd come home and his wife said, I ain't doing this no more. I'm done. And he said, the preacher, or the man came to the preacher friend of mine and said, I I don't know what to do. And he said, well, let's let's look and see what's going on. He said, well, the man said, we've just devoted our life to our children. He said, when our children were born, she moved into their bedroom. They were afraid to sleep alone at night, and so she started sleeping in the room with them, and now they've grown up, and she's... For you know, the youngest one was like twelve, and she sleeps in there with them, and I sleep in the room by myself. And and she goes to her job, and I go to my job, and we pass each other in the hallway, and we've devoted our entire life to our children, and now they're growing up, and we don't know how to live with each other. Do you know how common that is? Uh I'm not excited about my kids leaving. But I found out recently by talking to somebody older that it ain't that bad. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this to a more church friendly. Uh, the, the, the individual told me, he said, you get to wear whatever you want to wear. Because before you said, hey, you need to put clothes, the kids are around. You don't have to worry about that no more. And, and then, y'all know that's funny. And, and, and then he said... Uh, he said, you get to say whatever you want to say. Before, he's like, hey, be quiet. The kids are listening. Not that you're just talking vulgar, but, you know, you, you got a three-year-old. You got to be careful what you say around. They're going to repeat everything. And he said, when they grow up, you wear what you want to wear, and you say what you want to say, and you don't have to worry about it. And I got to thinking on that, and I thought, boy, that's pretty good. I'm excited about this. Uh, <laughs> but truthfully, do you know how... how how big of a fear that is for folks. Maybe sitting here tonight. What are we going to do when they're gone? You might want to start thinking about that. Because you've built walls out of them. And you don't know how to talk to each other if it don't involve them. And you don't know what to do with each other if it don't involve them. And you might want to start thinking about that because there are walls in your life that are, that are harmful. They are destructive to your life. And there's nothing wrong with those children. There's, it's a wonderful thing to have, but don't let them be what causes you to distance one from another. Um, you, you, you might want to set aside some time that you go out on date night. You might want to set out some time that they're not involved and they're not around because we build walls that we lean on. Am I talking to anybody tonight or I need to go? Are we done or y'all, y'all are hearing me, aren't you? We build walls and we lean on those walls because we don't know how to function outside of that. And so we busy ourselves. Uh, wasn't, that, wasn't that Martha's problem? Jesus was literally in the house. And Mary sat down in the house at the feet of Jesus and said, I want to hear what he's got to say. And Martha said, not me. I don't know what to do when things slow down. I've got to go do something. And some of y'all, the reason why you always got to go do something is because you don't know what you'd do if you wasn't doing something. You don't know how to talk. You don't know how to listen. You don't know how to act when you're not busy. 
I don't know, probably not in here, but some of you have to have an issue going on at all times so you've got something to talk about. And if there ain't one, you'll make one. And drama follows you everywhere you go because you've got to have drama to have conversation. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Walls of distance. You won't let others in. You're hard to read. Everything in your life has been devoted to you building this wall to keep others in or others out. Here's, here's another one. Walls of delusion. Stuff you've made up. And because of that you built these walls, stuff you think might happen. Um, parents are bad about that. Now don't go do this, don't go do that, don't go do this. My goodness, let that child do something. Well, no, don't go outside, you're going to get dirty. Well, don't stay inside, you're going to make a mess. Well, where are they supposed to go? You're mad because they're inside and they made a mess. You're mad if they're outside because they're getting messy. Uh, don't talk, you're talking too much. Why aren't you talking to me? I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. That's how most of them feel. I'm sure I made mine feel that way. I love teaching this class when they're not in here and she's not in here, but when she's in here, she knows I'm, I'm probably guilty of all the stuff I'm teaching. Where do you think I get my material from? I have to live the same life you do. Uh, you had a dream, ladies. Man, have you ever gotten in trouble for a dream your wife had? I didn't, I wasn't even there. Well, you wasn't my dream. But man's the same way. You imagine something in your head, you get it all built up. Mine is when she don't answer the phone. And I don't, I don't think she's in any kind of trouble or doing anything wrong, but I, my mind immediately goes car wreck, side of the road. I don't know where she's at. That, and, and, and I'll call, and I'll say, I don't know why I pay for this cell phone. <laughs> call it again. No answer. Call it again. Text. Where are you? Single. Where? Sin. R. Just the letter. Sin. You. Just the letter. Sin. And then 17 exclamation points. Or question marks. I call again. And I've done built this whole thing up in my head. It's bad. And what am I going. How's life going to look without her? I mean I'm telling you. And she'll finally answer. And I'll say, what in the world do we pay for a cell phone for? I, I was in the Dollar General. There's no service in there. Well, why'd you have to go to the Dollar General? <laughs> and there's not a lick of service in the Dollar General. Well, how come you had to shop for 45 minutes in the Dollar General? I've been trying to call you. Made up stuff. Oh, but it gets a whole lot worse than that. And because of that, folks building these walls in their house and, and kids are living in bondage. I mean literal bondage sometimes because they're scared to death that they might get a scraped knee. They're scared to death. And I, I believe you ought to have walls. There's wolves out there. There's lions out there. There's bears out there. There's devils out there. And I believe you need to have walls. But when you get in that house, 
we put little boxes and we just put them in them and we just put up our little boxes and we got everything in our nice little boxes and nobody can live in our boxes. Walls of delusion. I, I, I thought about that. First Kings chapter 19. Let, let, me, let me turn there. I, I want to read this to you. First Kings chapter number 19. Uh, talking, about, uh, talking about these delusional walls. Uh, verse 1, 1 Kings 19, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Watch this. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah. Jezebel said, I want you to go tell Elijah, I want you to give him this message. Saying, So let the gods, little G-O-D-S gods, do to me, and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Verse 3. And, and here's what the Bible said, not, and when he heard that. But here's what the Bible said, and when he saw that. Jezebel said to the messenger, I want you to go tell Elijah, because he's slain the prophets of Baal, because God put his hand on him. What he did to them, I'm going to do to him by this time tomorrow. And the messenger came to Elijah and said, Elijah, here's the message from Jezebel, the queen. She's going to kill you. and She's going to do to you what you did to those prophets of Baal under the hand of God. And the Bible, and, and, and he didn't see that. He heard that. But the Bible says, and when he saw that. You know why the Bible said that? Because what he heard, he saw it in his imagination. He saw her coming. He saw her Soldiers. He saw her army. He saw them coming to him with sword. He saw them slaying him. It never happened. He's imagining that what he heard is playing out. Uh, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. And that's where he goes down. Uh, and, and he sleeps under the juniper tree, and he says to the Lord, it's enough, let me die. Uh, why was he in that shape? Because he knew he had an enemy, and he had imagined things happening because of what he heard. And he built this wall around him, and he, and he left his servant. He said, I'm going to go do this by myself. I'm nearly done. He left his servant, so I'm going to be all alone. That's what most of us do. We've imagined stuff that we think is going to happen. And we, and we don't want anybody around us. Don't want nobody messing with us. Don't want nobody talking to us. We want to handle this on our own. And you go build your little wall and you won't let nobody in. And you're hurting your Christian home. Because them problems in that home, everybody in that home is going to be affected by them if they're real. And so everybody in that home deserves the right to be able to pray and trust God and get through that problem. I'm not saying you got to scare your kids to death. But I'm saying husbands and wife all learn how to get together and pray together. And trust one another. And say I need you. and I need your help. Walls of delusion. You know what's funny is what Elijah saw. What he imagined was going to happen never did happen. And most of what you're imagining, you're so terrified of, it never going to happen. Walls of delusion. Here's, here's the last one, and, and we're coming to an end. Walls of disappointment. 
Well, I've just been let down so many times. And so you build these walls and you'll never be let down again because you're never going to give anybody the opportunity. And I'm talking about people you lived with for 30 years and they've let you down 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Can I let you in on a little secret? I want you to hear me. I can't count the times that I have let my wife down in 17 years of marriage. I just can't. Now, I know you don't want to hear that, but it's just, I know you think I, you got this fairy tale mentality that the preacher lives in a different world than you do, but I live in the same world you do. I'm not always a good husband. I try to be, but I'm not, and I'm trying to get better at it, but I don't always listen. I, 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 don't, always, I, just, I, I don't always respond right. I'm not always full of grace. And, and the same could be said, and I've got a wonderful wife, but there's been days where she's disappointed me and days I've disappointed her. And, and we're open enough, we can talk about that. But I need her. And I can't live this life without her and have a Christian home. It's taking both of us. My children have been great blessings in my life. In my, life. my children have been great disappointments in my life. Greater blessings than disappointments, but there's been days I thought, I, I, don't, I don't know where you come from. You didn't get that from me. Only to find out <laughs> they got that from me after I talked to my father about their granddaddy. I got to tell you about this boy, your grandson. He said, sounds just like the one I raised. I said, what? Me? I don't remember that at all. Walls of disappointment. All right. Now, are you in Hebrews 11? Hebrews 11, verse number 30. We'll be done with these walls. Hebrews 11, verse 30. Let's see. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about Seven days. Israel, Joshua, you want to go to Canaan? Yes, Lord. Israel, Joshua, you want to live in victory? Yes, Lord. All right, standing in your way is the walls of Jericho. Well, Lord, them walls, they've been there a long time. Lord, them walls, they, they've built strong. I know. And I'm ready for them to come down. Because the only way you're going to get to victory is through them walls on the other side. All right? Well, what do we need to do? I want you to trust me to bring them walls down. I want a Christian home. All right? I need the Lord's guidance on what walls to put up. That's some mandatory walls. I'm going to need the Lord's guidance on some Preferential walls. They may not have to be walls everywhere in that home, but I need to know, Lord, you want this. And I'm going to need the Lord's guidance on them walls that I've built that my home don't need. They're harmful. Here's what the Lord did. Number one, he confronted them. He said, I'm going to ask you to do something hard. It's not going to be easy. 
And it really wasn't going to be that hard, but it sounded hard. I want them walls to come down. And there was a million reasons why that wasn't a good idea. But only one reason why it was, and because it was that God had said, I want the walls to come down. And he confronted them. You going to trust me, or are you going to be afraid of them walls? God, God made confrontation the issue. There was confront- and then number two, there was confidence. God, I can't tear them walls down. No, but I can. That's stuff that you've built in your life, and you know if I'm talking to you tonight. You say, Lord, I can't fix that. I can't do that. I can't change that. No, but he can. You're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to trust him. And lastly, commitment. Look in Hebrews 11, verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. He said, I want you to keep walking around them walls until they come down. Don't quit. Day one, they went around them. Said, what are we going to do? We're going to do it again tomorrow. Day two, they went around them. What are we going to do? We're going to do it again tomorrow. It don't make sense. It don't look like anything's working. It don't matter. Do it again. Day three, we're going to do it again. Why? Because God said. Day four, it ain't working. Do it again. Why? Because God said. Day five, day six, day seven. On that seventh day, they shouted. And when they shouted, them walls come tumbling down. And it made sense. And they said, thank God we believed God. Now we can march into victory in the Canaan. Now, the framing stage of the Christian home. There's walls that you've got to have. Find out what God said and do it. There's walls. God give you the decision, but be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit of God and ask Him, what do you want? Thirdly, there's walls that you've put up. In 20 years of marriage, 30 years of marriage, 5 years of marriage, there's walls that you've built and they're going to tear your house down. Those walls don't belong in your house. You've built little boxes of prisons. You put people in them. And what they need is to be set free. You've got people living in guilt. And they can't get free because you won't forgive them. They won't rid of that shame. And they can't be because you bring it up every time you get mad. They want to outlive that problem. And they don't know how because you've put a cold shoulder towards them the last 10 years. And God sent me tonight to confront you about them walls so that you can put your confidence in Him and you can let God give you instructions on how to bring them down. And when you do what He says do, them walls will come down. And there'll be a shout heard in your home of victory and joy and life and jubilation because them walls that were killing you come down. And not only will it set your 
wife free or your husband free. It'll set your children free, but it'll set you free. Lord, we thank you tonight. Once again, you've blessed, you've preached to us, you've taught us. Now, Lord, we're going to go home, and may we go home with these truths in our heart. May we go home tonight with these confrontations in our mind, walls that need to come down. They're harmful. They're dangerous. They're destructive. Prison walls. Lord, would you help us tonight? I pray. And we thank you so much for it. In Christ's name, amen.